0: Amen, amen. Man, it has been good this morning already, Mother's Day. and I got a couple of thoughts I just want to share with you and then we'll go stuff our faces. Is that an, in agreement? Can we, can we get an amen on that? We'll go eat some chicken, some steak, maybe some seafood, I don't know. But there's a couple of things I wanted to just kind of share on my heart as it pertains to this morning. We started last week. With a series called Faithfulness, and we we, the text we used was out of Matthew chapter twenty-five. Go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter twenty-five. Verse fourteen is where we begin. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. How many of you believe that your mother is faithful? Well, God is faithful. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, he said this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing in it proportion to their abilities. Turn to your neighbor and say, to their abilities, not my abilities, your abilities. Come on, you can do better than that. Your ability, not my ability. He's given you talents according to your abilities, not mine. He gave me abilities according to my, he gave me talents according to my abilities, not Casey's. Are you following me? okay. So then he says this, then he left on a trip. So the master has given us talents and then he left. He's gone. He's transferred the authority to us and given it to us. Come on, are you with me? Just give me a few minutes. Are you with me? The, the aspect of, if, if, if I want you to walk away from anything from this series, I want you to walk away from the fact that it doesn't matter how many talents he's given you. He's given you talents. Come on, he's given you something. He's deposited something in you. And if the enemy can't negotiate the lie with you that he hasn't given you talents, guess what? He'll tell you the next thing, which is they ain't worth anything. He will. If he can't steal the idea that God has deposited something in you, then he will lie to you and say, he okay, okay. He'll negotiate with you. Okay, okay. He's given you talents. But Really? In the grand scheme of everything, does your talents really matter? And see, that's the way the world sees. The world sees and equates the, the amount of talents that you have is directly proportionate to the power and the influence that you have. And in this world system, that is true. To, a, to an extent, that is true. But the only thing that supersedes this world system... Is the kingdom system. And in the kingdom of God, it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have that matters. All right, you ready? So the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward and said, Lord, look at me, I've, I've, I've taken your five and I've earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Now stop. It's interesting that the master said, In our mind, we say, Well, she's got five talents. I've only got two. But in the master's sight, he equated both of those degrees of silver to be what? Small. See, you and I, I'm going to go off the reservation just for a minute. You and I, we see finances differently than he sees finances. We see finances the way that the world has conditioned us to see finances. So we see a dollar, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and we see differentiating degrees of influence and power. But when he sees it, he sees it all the same as a little. He gave five talents to one, and he said, you have been faithful over this small amount. Now remember last week we said that a talent was the equivalent of a hundred denarii, which was the equivalent of one day's wage. So one denarii was one day's wage. Are you with me? So one talent was 100 days wages. So five talents would be the equivalent of what? Almost two years. Two talents would be the equivalent of almost one year's salary. So let's just say one year. So five talent was two years. One ta- uh, Two talents was one year, and then one talent was the equivalent of half of, of a year. So we got, what, twenty-five dollars to $40,000, then we got fifty dollars to $70,000, then maybe $150,000 to whatever, $200,000. And he equated that five talent as being small. He said, you have been faithful over a little. Now I will give you more responsibility. See, in the kingdom of God, you get the same reward as the man that's got 15 employees, if you treat them two employees right. Come on now. So Inez, who has a company, who employs how many people? Five. five. Okay. See, that's bigger than I thought. You already own the roll, girl. So five talents. So if she will be diligent and she will be faithful over that five Then the guy that's in charge of the hospital, she will get the same reward that he gets because she was faithful with that five. Are you with me? Now, see, that ought to be good news because we see well, what is this five dollars that I'm fixing to give to this mission trip? What difference does that make? It makes all the difference because if you'll be faithful over that, he will give you an abundance where you could fund the whole mission trip next time. Aren't you tired? Listen to me. Aren't you tired? of seeing needs and not being able to financially meet those needs? Okay, so four of you said amen. I'm going to say it again. Aren't you tired of hearing of a need and only being able to meet part of that need? You know what? I'll just be transparent with you. I I'd, would I'd, I'd want to get the checkbook out, and I want to write a check by faith to pay for that entire trip. Myself. I can't do it yet. But bless God, we can by faith. See, he wants us to increase to that degree, to where you see a need. Come on now. You see a need, you say, you know what, sweetheart, I think we ought to just cover that need. That's what you two want to do. You hear of a need. And somebody needs a car. A car. And you just go, you know what? The Holy Spirit says, why don't you meet that need? And you turn over to Casey and you say, sweetheart, I feel like we ought to just buy them a car. And he goes, well, that's exactly what the Lord told me. Right? Y'all see how I did, Casey, just then? <laughs> well, what you waiting on, woman, right to check. You hear what I'm saying? So we aren't you tired of being in the shallow end? See, deep water is where he's calling us. Deep water is where he wants us to be. The guy with the two talents was just as faithful and just stewarded that resource as much as the five talent, and they got the same reward. But what, what, did, what, what reward did the one talent guy get? He didn't. He didn't. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops and I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. See, the enemy's always lying. If the enemy's going to lie to you and tell you, well, it really don't matter what you do because the pastor's not going to appreciate it anyway. Does it really matter what you do? Because your husband, he ain't going to appreciate it anyway. I've tried. I gave her flowers and it didn't work. Back in 1985, I gave her some flowers and it didn't work. Because the enemy's always lying. He's always lying. If his mouth is moving, what's he doing? Is there any truth in Satan? Any whatsoever. There's none. If his mouth is moving, he's what? So then why do we listen to him? I'm serious. Why do we listen to him? Why do we listen to the emotions that come up? Well, you know the Lord's going to be mad at you. You might as well just bury your talent. That's exactly. See, he couldn't, the enemy couldn't lie to the servant and say he didn't give you a talent because he knew he had a talent. What he lied to him about and what he said to him was it doesn't matter. Your talent doesn't matter. Maybe you're coming out of a rough, rough, everybody say rough situation. Maybe you're the poster child for redeemed. Come on. The enemy's going to scoot right up next to you and he's going to tell you, it doesn't matter, Christopher. It doesn't matter. They're not going to listen to you anyway. What's he doing? How do you know? Because his lips are moving. Because what does Jesus do? Jesus shows up to the woman that they throwed before her and said, this woman was caught in adultery, because everybody knows you commit adultery by yourself. And they said to her, the law says you should stone her, but what do you say? And Jesus, being the tactful negotiator that he is, bends down and starts writing in the sand. Nobody knows what he wrote in the sand. I heard one scholar say he began to write all the names of the men that she'd been with, and some of those men were there. I like that one. Let's just say he was writing their names. And he stood up and he said, If any of you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And the Bible says that the oldest begin to leave, that they begin to leave beginning with the oldest down to the youngest, because the oldest had been along a lot longer and they'd sinned a lot more, right? And after they had all left, Jesus turns to her and said, Woman, where are thine accusers? And she said, There are none. And what did Jesus say? Neither do I what? Condemn you? Accuse you? So why do we listen to the accusations from the enemy? Why do we listen to the naysaying of the enemy? Your talent doesn't matter. We talked about parking cars. Last week, you remember that if you would be faithful with what God God has planted you here, you feel like this is your church, this is your body, this is your family. If you will be faithful with a little, then he will make you rulers over much. God doesn't promote the one that shows up with a degree, he promotes the one that shows up with coffee. God doesn't promote the one that shows up and says, I come from this bloodline. I was raised by pastors. I was ra- There ain't a minister in my... I take that back. There was an aunt and an uncle on my daddy's side that were traveling ministers years and years and years ago. But if you will be faithful to what God has given you, the talent that he has given you, he will make you rulers over months. Listen, guys, this is what we have. This is where we're at. Turn around and look at everybody next to you. These are your people. These are your people. These is your family. If you, I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, if you can't be faithful with the person next to you, He's not going to bring more people for you to not be faithful with. If you can't be faithful with her or her, or her, he's not going to be bring more people that you won't be faithful with so that you can say, we have more people. Because that's not how the king... Listen, he's after something in our life. He's after the lordship of our life is really what it boils down to, lordship. He's after something in our life. That's why people have such a hard time with the tithe, with giving, because money is so closely related to our heart. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? But it says that where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. So you begin to see, you can notice where people's hearts are by looking where where they put their treasure, where they spend their time, where they spend their money, where they spend their affections on. He's after something in our life, and it's lordship. And if we will be faithful with what He has given us, then He will give us more to be faithful with. But if we aren't faithful with what He has given us, guess what? He said, Jesus Himself said, even that which you have will be taken away from you. I know in this day of grace, we don't like that. We like grace and we, we like mercy. But there's something about the Lord That you've got to understand that grace and mercy, if it's unsanctified, will strip away the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? If you've got someone that's lazy, anybody know anybody that's lazy? If you've got someone that's lazy, you cannot fix laziness with gifts. You can demonstrate to them the love of God. You can demonstrate to them the grace of God. But there comes a point where you must draw the line by the unction of the Holy Spirit because if you don't, then you stop the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. We live in a society that doesn't even want to set a standard anymore because we may offend somebody. Guess what? Jesus offended people all the time. But he wasn't doing it to bring judgment on people. He was doing it because correction is for freedom. He's after the freedom in your life. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Was not because he was a mean God in the Old Testament. He was proving something. He was setting the standard so that you and I would know that unless somebody helps us, we can't meet that standard. And so He sent Jesus, and Jesus sets the standard. There is a difference between judgment and consequences. There's a difference between consequences for your actions and judgment according to the law. In other words, Jesus, in other words, the law said that the sins of the Father would be visited on the children's children. But when Jesus came, see, that's law. That's judgment. What you do will affect Geo and Illy. What I do will affect Hannah, Lainey, and Brynn. That's under the law. That's judgment. But Jesus came. And we were singing that song this morning. Father Abraham had many sons. Come on. Many sons, come on, y'all not with me, y'all, did y'all skip Sunday school when y'all was little? And many sons had Father Abraham, what? I am one of them. So let's just praise the Lord right on. So when Jesus came, what did he do? He said, listen, no longer shall you be tied to the bondage of your father's sins. That's what he prayed over y'all this morning. Broke that. See what what he did was he didn't break that because it needed to be broke. He broke it in your mind because it has no authority in your life. We're not declaring something that hasn't already been done. We're declaring it what has already been done so that you and I can walk in the light of that knowledge. Now that was good preaching right there. We walk in the knowledge of the freedom that the the one who died died to give us. And so we live in that freedom. He's after freedom. So when, 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 when conviction comes upon your life, it's not for the purpose of condemnation. Condemnation is to show you what you're not. Conviction is to show you what you are but what you're not living like. See, conviction, the grace, empowers us to live this holy life. How do you resist temptation? You don't. The one that is in you empowers you to resist temptation and to live this life. That's the power of the gospel. So when when the judgment came, the sins of the father were visited on the sons and the grandsons. But when Jesus came, he severed that, and now you and I are not liable for what our parents did. No more generational curses. Come on, whom the sun sets free is what? If anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5:17, if anyone's in Christ, what is He? New. After what bloodline? The blood of Jesus. But now, listen to me, if you smoke in front of your children, year after year, day after day, month after month, and then your children start smoking. Is that judgment or is that consequences? Consequences, because you're demonstrating to them what happened. Listen, I was raised, not by my mom and dad, I was raised in that environment. So when it came time, what happened? The temptation came because you wanted to be like your... Now flip that, you demonstrate to your children the godly mother, the godly husband. And now the consequences for those actions will be children that raised up in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord. If you'll be faithful, well, I want more children. Are you faithful with the one that you have? Well, I don't have any children, but I want children. Are you being faithful? See, this isn't, this isn't a work. You've got to understand, well, I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about stewardship. I'm talking about, okay... This plant. Can I use your plant for an example? See, this plant is beautiful. But the world looks at this plant and says, Oh, that's just one. But God looks at it and goes, But they're watering it. And they're tending to it. And they're caring for it. And Jesus says, Well done, Michelle. My good and faithful servant. Now I'm going to give you some more plants to tend to. Mark chapter 10, and then we're going to close out for the day. I I, I wanted to close with this. Mark chapter 10. Because I wanted to close with stewardship. See, part of being faithful is stewarding what you have. Everybody say, stewarding what I have. If you're not going to take care of what you got, He's not going to give you any more. I know in this day and age of grace, the grace message, that's not liked, but it is the grace of God that He doesn't give you more. Because the Bible says in Proverbs that one who hastens to be rich will surely be destroyed, but one that is faithful will abound with many blessings. Faithfulness. You want, okay, here's an investment key for you. Here's, here's You want to be blessed. Then you take care of that What was it I used last week? 1985 Honda Accord, four-door, five-speed. You take care of that Honda. (laughs) Come on now. You take care of that little Ford Ranger. You take care of that 1965, whatever it is. If you got a 65 now, it'd be a classic, wouldn't it? You vacuum that thing. You wash that thing. Well, the, the, the paint's coming off. You wash it anyway. Wash it off to the paint. When you get some money, you repaint it. If you take care of that thing, if you will be stewards over that thing and not fall into the rut that the enemy wants you to fall into of the world, don't fall into the rut that, you know, you could go ahead and get whatever. You could go ahead. No, if you will take care of that, if you will listen to the Holy Spirit and you will steward that car, maybe that car you got wasn't exactly what you wanted. But if you were steward that car and you will take care of that car and you will thank God for that automobile and you will walk that thing out, I promise you he will give you another one. I mean, you may not have the best clothes. Come on now, we're going to end with this. You may not have the best clothes. You may not have the clothes that you want, but if you will iron them clothes I like ironing I always have) <coughs> My brother's here with me this morning. He can testify this. When we were little, he used to steal my clothes because my clothes would be ironed. His was not. And I'd be like, where's my T-shirt? And he'd be wearing my T-shirt. Why you got my T-shirt on, bro? He goes, because yours was folded and mine wasn't. If you will steward what you have, if you will take what God has given you, And you will honor that, and you will give it to the Lord, and you will bless it, and you will steward it. I mean, you may only have one shirt to wear to church, but you wear that shirt, you iron that shirt, and you, I mean, bless God, this is my shirt I'm wearing to church. Come on. You may not make $100,000. Really, is $100,000 a lot of money? It's really not. What about a million dollars? A million dollars a lot of money? It's really not a lot of money. Then why do we let the enemy lie to us and tell us it is? My father mm, owns the cattle of a thousand hills. I don't know about you, but my driveway at home is gold. Solid. The gates, the entrance to my house that we drive through, I'm talking about the one in heaven, not in the natural. They was like, "What? Last time I was over there, you was dirt on the driveway. I have everybody over there. You said it was gold. We coming to get it. The gates of my home is made from one solid pearl. You really think a million dollars is a problem? You really think that $150 bill that you've got that's bearing down on your neck is really a problem? No, if you will be faithful. So here's what I'm getting to. If you will be faithful with what God has given you. See, in order for us to disciple the nations. I heard Bill Johnson say this the other day. He said in order for us to disciple the nations, one of the things that we're going to have to be stewards of is how we handle our finances. Because they're not going to listen to us if we just making it rain everywhere. That's not stewardship. That's flaunting. But if we will steward what God has given us, and we will manage our resources, and we will be what God had faithful to what God has given us, he will give us more. I believe he'll give you more for your business because you've been faithful with the little that he's given you, and he will give you more. See, in the kingdom of God, all you got to do is be faithful. Well, I'm going to iron, and I'm going to, I mean, it may not even, it may not look the best, but I'm going to iron, and you come, and you say, Lord, thank you. See, gratitude is such an important part of faithfulness. Gratitude. How many times do we say thank you? We don't. We live in a world that's always, well, that was last year's model. Moms. You haven't always had the best. You haven't always been able to get the best because you've been faithful to sacrifice for your family. Well, now watch what the Lord does in your life. Because you've been faithful, you will abound to many blessings. I know we don't. We don't. Sometimes we we brush, even when I said that, you still brushed up against that religious thing. Well, now you know, you know, you better be careful. Because, you know, we get too much, then we get greedy. No, 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 no. no. Because he's after the lordship of our life. And I don't have time to go to it, but listen to me. It's the lordship that he's after. If you be faithful with $100,000 and you tithe off that $100,000, you don't think the Lord would give you a million dollars? We don't understand that. Well, our society is so spoiled. It is. I got aggravated. I do, I get aggravated. Does anybody else get aggravated? Can I get a witness? Where's the organ? Mm-hmm, I get aggravated. <laughs> Does anybody else get aggravated? Sometimes because the nature of the world is constantly pushing ungratefulness on our kids and on us. And so we get a, uh, we get a meal or we get something nice and then six months later, the iPhone 17 comes out. And now what you got is obsolete. We're constantly that one. Instead of, you know what? Think, I tell my kids all the time, I didn't have none of this when I was growing up. None of it. What did you do for entertainment when you were riding on the road? Well, first of all, we didn't have to wear seatbelts, did we, Casey? We just stood up on the chair next to our daddies and just watched the trees and looked for deer. They don't do that. But the world is creating this ungratefulness, and it's our job to be grateful. Lord, thank you for what I have. Come on, say it with me. Thank you for what I have. You may not have the what you want. You may not be where you want to be. That's okay. Let's be thankful for where we're at. In the midst of, there was an old story, and I'm gonna close with this. There's an old story of a farmer that started farming and went to the... They didn't. It was such a small town, they didn't have a big bank. They had a very wealthy man that lived in town. And so this, this farmer went to the wealthy man and took out a loan to start his farm. At the same time, there was a church that started, and they wanted to build a building, and they went to the rich man, and the rich man gave them the money to build the building. Well, times got hard. And the church, they just started letting everything go. And he met with them and said, look, y'all got to y'all do something. And they said, well, we don't know what to do. So the grass would get high, never was vacuumed. They just let the thing go. And so eventually the rich man had to take the property over. So this farmer who's in the same economy, things started getting worse and worse and worse. And he would go to the rich man and he'd say, listen, I, I did, my, we didn't have a good crop this year. All I can do is pay you a little bit on the interest. And the rich man said, that's okay. You just do what you can. And then it got so bad where he just didn't even have enough money to buy seed. How many of you are know a farmer and you can't buy seed? That's a bad place to be, right? So every morning that farmer would get up. And he'd mend the fences. And he'd mow the grass. There's an old barn that needed painting. He didn't even have enough money to go get some paint, so he just went down to the creek, got him some mud, started whitewashing. Every morning, like clockwork, he'd get up and go to sleep. He'd get up and go to sleep. Every morning he'd get up and he'd be faithful with what he had. He didn't even own it. He'd already lost it. He didn't have any seed, couldn't plant any harvest, didn't have any money, but he was getting up every morning and he was working as if he did. Are you following me? I mean, the society today goes, what's the use? Why should you vacuum this old car? Mm, come on now. Y'all going to leave here today and y'all going to go vacuum your car when you get home. <laughs> You're going to say, the pastor said, I got to vac- I'm going to be faithful with my car. Why, why should you do it? It's run down. It don't look good. I mean, it's 20 years old. What difference does it make? Listen to me. It makes all the difference in the kingdom of God. All the difference. Don't let the world steal that away from you. Just because they're ungrateful, spoiled, rotten brats, that don't mean the children of God are. Let us be a demonstration to what it is. Listen, my vehicle's paid for. It may be old, but it's for. So this farmer, every morning, and eventually the rich man came to him and handed him the deed to the property. Why? He said, because you've been faithful. He says, so I want to bless you. You be faithful over what God's given you. Even if you don't have enough money to be faithful over it. You just, I mean, get up every morning and just say, Lord, I thank you. And I don't even have enough money to buy a vacuum. So sweep the rug. Are you following me? If you'll be faithful, I promise you. God notices. He sees that. And he says... He says to them what he says to you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over what? A little. I wish I had time to preach over the little. Don't be ashamed of your little. Because it's what the little that God used to feed the money, many. He used that little boy's lunch and he fed all them folks. Don't be ashamed of your little. God will use it. Amen. Stand with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, we 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 desire to be faithful over a little. Father, help us to steward what you have given us in this life. Help us to be faithful and good stewards over that which you have given to us. And we know and we believe that you will give us more because of that faithfulness. Help us not despise the little that we have. There are areas in our life that we could all tighten up in. All of us. So Lord, I ask you to help us to tighten up in those areas. Show us where those are and help us tighten up. Let us be a demonstration to this community first. To the city of, let us be a demonstration that we are faithful with what you've given us to steward. We thank you that you will take what we've given you and bless it and multiply it and sanctify it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it, Father. As we leave, I thank you for Mother's Day. Help us to all just enjoy being with our moms and being with our wives that are mothers. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of our mothers. We declare blessings over them once again in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. Listen, don't forget, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday we're doing the outreach. It's going to be, it's going to be family night, fun night. We're not going to do it here at the church. Come join us. Amen. Let's be faithful. Amen.